You got your mama's sunshine. You got your daddy's rain. You're like a piece of heaven in a hurricane. Hey there, welcome to this week's podcast. I am Josh Vietti. I'm here with Tom Tut. Nope, Tom Hollenbeck. Hello. Hello. And uh, I'm here with Pastor Ron Vietti and Vincent Sierra. Pastor yep. Tom Hollenbeck, I'm sorry. Worship leader extraordinaire. <laughs> Tom's a, a man of many talents. So is Vince. So is my dad. Well, mm-hmm. now, let's be honest. Dad, you and I are kind of men of, of, of one or two talents. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a lot of talent. That's all right. That's all That's right. That's why God felt sorry for us and put us in ministry. <laughs> Well, he's good at talking. Um, so welcome to this week's podcast. Uh, so uh, we're going to be talking today about demons. So is it going to be scary? I don't know. But if you have young children, uh, you know, you, you might want to uh, you might want to skip this one if you have youngsters, unless you uh, unless you guys talk about this stuff all the time, like we did with my home when I was a kid. You know, uh, we did. We did. <laughs> and if you want to call someone up and say, hey, better listen to this one. It's going to be crazy. I, I, I joked about it. I'll tell it now uh, as well. Um, when I was a kid, my dad used to come in and pray with me every night. And I appreciate that to this day. I, I, I do the same thing with my kids. Uh, but one of the things he would do that was unique uh, is he would say, you know, demons, I command you to leave this room, uh, leave this house. And um, and then he would leave, and I would sit there in the dark, <laughs> and I would think, there were demons here the yeah. whole time? Yeah. I, I would go in every morning before I left and rub his head, yeah. and then I'd say a prayer. Yeah, and I'm like, and, uh, they were here like an hour ago? Yeah. What were they doing? Yeah. What well, were they doing? You know, before we start, I want to answer some health questions that came in real quickly. And uh, uh, somebody from Vegas, Dave Van, shout out to Dave. Uh, he asked me about the kind of tea I use and green tea. And I, I told him the brand that I use. And I said, you have to be very careful of tea bags, especially. And you want to stay away from plastic tea bags because they release harmful chemicals into your tea. If you could buy, buy organic loose tea, it's even better. Uh, and the, the tea that I use, their their tea bags are uh, they're made from unbleached manila hemp fiber, and uh, so all you have to do if you're going to use tea bags, which are more convenient for me, go on the internet and and do a Google search and say what which companies use safe tea bags, not plastic, not bleached, because you can end up just you know creating more havoc for yourself. So. If you want to be healthy, you have to do a little bit of research. The second uh, question that was uh, brought out is, are organics sprayed at all? Yes, they are sprayed. We know that. Pastor Tom touched on our staff was in the farming. He's been telling us they're sprayed. They're sprayed. At least in some counties they are. Now, let me, let me br- say that right. I've had farmers here in Kern County tell us that, yes, they are. And I believe in a lot of places they are. They're sprayed with certain things that come under a certain set of rules. But let me just say this without getting into detail. I scrub even my organics. I scrub them, man. I scrub them, and, and uh, then I wipe them off with paper towels real well. I've always done that. And let me say something else. There is some, uh, some talk about some of these sprays you get in the store that you're supposed to wash your fruit with. And some have said that some of the residue those sprays leave are worse than maybe the stuff that was on there in the beginning. That's been said. I don't know. 
when you buy the spray in the grocery stores to clean your veggies, look mm. at the ingredients and Google some of those ingredients. Myself, I use vinegar. I soak my stuff in vinegar for a while. And I use vinegar, and then I use warm water, and I use paper towels, and I scrub them the best I I can. Some of you might have better things than vinegar to use. But again, you can keep these health questions coming in. We'll try to answer them. But those are two you need to think about today before we get into it. Would you also, like if you're going to boil your veggies, would you also still do that process? I never boil veggies. If you boil veggies, you take all the nutrients out. Interesting. What you do with veggies is you either steam them or eat them raw. Ah. We have steamed our veggies for years now. There you do not lose the nutrients. You will if you boil them. You lose about 80%. Wow. That's good to know. So uh, keep your questions coming in, uh, whatever, and we'll try to answer them. But l- let me just kind of start, Josh. This, this podcast today is going to cause a conflict among some people because there are some Christians that really don't believe uh, in demons the way we do. We try to base all of our convictions on Scripture. I prayed quite a bit about even going uh, with this subject on our podcast. Now, we've danced around the topic on several podcasts. We've danced around it. We've alluded to it on and on. We've never spent a whole podcast or two on it. We never fully addressed it. Now, the temptation is to try to approach it in a very frivolous, flippant way because that kind of cushions us a little bit. But I, I approach this with a lot of seriousness Uh, It's a very serious topic. So all I want to say at the beginning, please don't turn us off until you hear us all the way through. Now, I know we have some trolls that that usually follow us. And and what what they're known for is to take an excerpt out of what we're saying, and they'll go build a case on it. And you got to listen to the whole podcast. Now, listen to me closely. The Bible says that there's people who hold to a form of godliness, but deny the power aspect. They deny the power of the gospel. And I believe that speaks to a lot of Christian groups out there. They have a form of godliness, but anything that speaks of power, they deny. And I want to get into that full conversation today. But let me first, before I open it up to you guys, M. Scott Peck, M.D., the celebrated psychiatrist and author, said it this way, and I liked what he said. He said, Satan is spirit, and spirit is mysterious. Some things can be said about it, most cannot. My only alternative would have been to write nothing at all, but that, I believe, would have been the greater sin. These things Mm. need to be talked about. And then uh, C.S. Lewis said, there are two equal opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devil's. One is to disbelieve in their existence, and the other is to believe and to, to, to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. Mm. And I think both those mm. put it well. Satan, so let's start talking. So that, 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 term, or that, uh, that, that sentence, uh, Satan is spirit, um, is that true? I mean, it, he was a, an angel who was fallen, right? Um, and he, does he have a spirit? Is that what it is? I mean, what is that? What do you think? That a- angels that? are spirits. That's what they are. And uh, uh, they're real. They're spirits and they're real. Uh, 
But yeah, the devil exists in the spirit realm. Uh, you will never see him because we aren't in the spirit realm. See, like even when we die and, and, and get resurrected and are given our new body, that body, Jesus uh, modeled it for us. That body still has a physical aspect in the fact that he can eat. Uh, they could actually fill of him to fill the scars. Uh, and our resurrected bodies will not be flesh and blood, but they still have a physical aspect to them. They can be touched. They can be felt. They're real. Um, so, yeah, Satan is spirit. He operates in the spirit realm. His, it, well, the angels are called what? Ministering spirits mm. to the heirs of salvation. I've been uh, doing some discipleship with our guys, and we've been spending like two hours a week in Bible studies. Mm. And I want them to learn to answer the Bible well, not even answer the Bible. Let them let the Bible answer itself. That's good. We've been talking about an angel of the Lord in the Old Testament in our devotions, and we're trying to say, well, it was a a Christophany. It was Jesus. It was this. It was this and this. While there might be some truth in that, just go straight back to the Word. It says the angel of the Lord. It was obviously God's spokesperson. But I think so often we try to add our own definitions to Scripture. Just read Scripture for itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the devil appeared in the Garden of Eden as what? A serpent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's what he appeared as in the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. But I don't have any scriptural evidence that the devil, like angels, uh, can take on a physical body, although angels seem to be able to have that ability. And he is an angel, a fallen angel. And so I, I think it's I think it's interesting what the last two podcasts have talked about to where we're at now. You know, so often people are so trusting of everybody around them in the context of going to the grocery store and buying certain things to eat, assuming that it's legitimate food, assuming that it's not, you know, whoever produced it's not going to produce something that's going to hurt them. You know, they, they take these cell phones or these tablets or these computers, assuming that it's okay to have Bluetooth going on or EMFs or whatever, assuming that, well, why would a company create something that would hurt us? You know, I, I they're, they're so trusting and in, in, in it does take a little bit of research to find out what can really be done and, <clears throat> and all that. But, and then in talking about something like this, where we just assume well, life, life's okay. I mean, I, I figure if something's bad, I would be able to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you're describing is that there is a spiritual aspect to this physical that, that we know of. And it does take a little bit of digging to more or less kind of figure out the, the implications or, or how dramatic it is. I'm sure we'll eventually get to it, but we see in scripture that some physical deformities are caused or, or at least some physical discomforts are caused by demons. And in our society, we wouldn't, we would never assume, uh, assume that we would assume that it was because of an injury when they were younger that just, you know, grew over the years. And so I do think it's interest, interesting that, um, 
there is a side to the now spiritual portion of our lives, this this religion side of our lives that does take some investigating and some looking into and some realizing that there are some bad things out there that we need to be aware well, of too. Well, let, let's address those. In, in the Bible, we're told that demons can cause sickness. Mm-hmm. There's an instance of them causing blindness, muteness, they live in human bodies. In some human bodies, they can take up residence and live. We have uh, an illustration of mental illness. Um, Son of Sam. We got all these serial killers that say voices are telling me to mm-hmm. kill people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in the Bible, uh, we have a case of physical <clears throat> deformity. Remember the lady who has been over 18 years, and the Bible was very specific. Her illness that she had been bent over with for 18 years was caused by a demon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, again, let me caution you that there are many different reasons for sickness, for deformities, blindness, muteness, and the majority of them are not demonic. Right. But you have to leave room for it. Um, Pastor, to that point. Sure. You just said you got to leave room for it. At what point would you, as a believer, start to take authority over a sickness or a physical, you know, uh, discomfort. At what point do you, what route do you take? Do you go hmm. medicine first, and then see if that works? Do you go to doctors first, or do you start right out the gate, calling out demons? Well, let me go back to uh, my life. I have been groomed over fifty years. If I go to the doctor and I'm told I have cancer, heart disease, or if I get up and I have this pain and I'm doubled over in the morning for fifty years, the very first thing I do take authority over spirits. Very first thing. Mm -hmm. And then I go to God in prayer. What's the cause of this illness? And I see again, I, I go to God. I can't wait to go to God. I, my first reaction is not to go to a doctor. I don't care how serious it is. My first reaction is never to go to the doctor, but it's to go to God first. Why? Because God has been so faithful to me in 50 years. Mm -hmm. Now, before I answer that, remind me, I want to go back and say, there are churches that, that are all over Bakersfield and everywhere else. They, Ooh, they come against us. They, they, they don't believe in a lot. And they, they, they're going to be irate over this podcast. They're going, you know what? No such thing. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk a lot about this. You know, you don't, you, don't, you don't have the power over demons, blah, 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 blah. Now, these churches are usually small, 100, 150, 200. Now, please, I'm not coming as small churches. But while they're complaining and they're, they're standing against us and saying, I don't believe in this, da, 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 da. We're busy setting people free all over this county. And they're coming in boatloads mm-hmm. because they're seeing that what we teach sets them free. And we're going to continue to do that. And we're going to continue to pack the place out because we have this power. Uh, we, we, we acknowledge the power. Now, going back again, there are those, the Bible says, that holds to a form of godliness. Mm-hmm. But they deny the power, that's dunamis, that dynamite. They, they ignore that part of their calling. And he says, from such, stay away from them. Mm-hmm. Stay away. Why are we growing so big? I was in Vegas last week, smaller crowd, maybe eight or 900, and we had 35 people give their lives to God. And the reason they're doing it is for some reasons they're doing it. People go out and say, man, I got set free, got set free. When we went to Mexico, we used to go to Mulahe all, all the time. And I'll give you an example. And I remember going to a village one day. I mean, we had 
people that couldn't speak, little, little kid that never could talk, talking. We had people, Josh saw it, heal miraculously over and over again. People delivered. And so I went into one village and I we asked the lady, we said, uh, we, we had an interpreter. Uh, do you have anybody in your village sick? We would like to pray for them. And she immediately told her uh, son and, and brother or whoever, said, go, go get them, go get them, bring them here. And we said, first of all, do you believe God can, can heal them if we pray? And she says, yes, definitely, because he's healed everybody else you prayed for down here. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not saying again, this has to be a whole separate broadcast, podcast. I'm not saying that God heals everybody. There, there's a big, big, uh, long series of sermons we do on this. Um, but he does offer in certain situations uh, a real spirit of divine healing. Like when we went to, to Mexico, we would have, and Africa too, we'd have people lined up 40, 50 deep and seeing them healed, healed, mm-hmm. healed. Now, some of you say, man, I, I thought I was going to go to VBF, and I don't know if I want to go there now. You will go to our, we're pretty normal pretty normal. Uh, you you could probably come three months and not really even realize what we believe about demons. Probably not. Uh, we don't get them preached demons. We're not obsessed with them because we believe that if you uh, submit to the Lord with all your heart and soul and mind, mm-hmm. that the devil will flee from you. You, yeah. you, know, you don't have to push sure. that agenda. So uh, going back to your question now, Tom, what I'm saying is... Uh, Every time Jesus sent the apostles out, even the 72, he said, go out and proclaim the kingdom, heal sicknesses, and deliver people from demons. That was always in the, yeah. he said, do it all, do it all. The church has been given this power, this dunamis power, and we're not utilizing it mm-hmm. because uh, some churches teach, and they teach wrongly, it's wrong, but that, you know, miracles don't exist today. They passed away with apostles. Well, I got news for you. Read the book of Galatians. They were having signs and wonders. And so, again, uh, I, I had written a note. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself what I'm covering. But it's like you go back in the Bible and you say, okay, uh, God moved in miraculous ways. He had a personal relationship and he moved in miraculous ways. He did it with Abraham, did it with Sarah, did it with Isaac, did it with Jacob, with Elijah and Elisha and Daniel and Ezra and Paul and Peter and Stephen and Philip. But today, it's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. You know, where did all these demons go in the New Testament? Did they just go into some kind of holes and hide away? I mean, we don't need to, right. to, to, I mean, look at our messed up culture today. Right. We don't think there are spirits all among us mm-hmm. uh, screwing up our whole culture. Mm-hmm. I, guys, I'm going to hog the time. Let's start talking. Let's go into this slow. I do, I'm getting I, way ahead. I do want to jump into what you talked about, um, Tom, a little bit, and then it goes with what you're saying, Pastor, is talking about the, you know, having this discomfort in your life that these, these spiritual forces would cause discomfort. And I think a lot of times we think about demons, we think about the discomfort first instead of thinking about, the comfort that we've been lulled into. Does that make sense? Like, cause I think a lot of times, like, especially when we talk about Valley Bible fellowship, we don't come in and we don't, the first thing we don't do, and maybe you do show up on a day and we do talk about, you know, demons cause we do address those things in our church. Um, but for the most part, we say, get close to God. As you get close to God, it's almost like your spiritual awareness wakes up, right? All of a sudden you have this spiritual thing and you realize that you are lulled to sleep 
um, by doing these things because you're comfortable with your lifestyle. You're comfortable looking at porn. You're comfortable doing things that you just thought were okay, that were normal. And you start realizing that there was a big spiritual bond in your life or force in your life that was keeping you from moving forward in the way that you need to be a better father, a better mother, um, a better son, a better daughter, um, or just a better person in general in society. And so I think all of those things, I think demons definitely have strongholds in ways that we don't think about. When we talk about, you know, the blindness, I think about not only blindness, like physically, but I think about the spiritual blindness. How many people would you say, pastor, are spiritually blind? Like, they just cannot okay, see. Not only people, right. some churches are. Sure. There are demons that have blinded the eyes of many churches to not believe in this because they operate better incognito. Right. They don't want to be recognized. Right. When they are, their kingdom will be injured by our spiritual authority. One of the things that we did as a church is you guys used to go to the porn convention and, and have ministry there. And how many people would you say would walk in and were, and were blinded to the, the harm they were doing to themselves? And once you guys brought in that truth, that, that they would start realizing like this is harmful because they were able to see in a yes. way they weren't able to see before. And so that blindness, all that stuff, I think, is where Satan wants us today to not see the truth. Well, so, Vince, we have, and I have so many examples. I have people that have been saved from suicide when we took authority over spirits. Uh uh, one of our leaders in our church who went to be with Jesus years ago, she came to me and she was possessed by an evil spirit. And we did a deliverance on her and she became one of the pillar posts of our church. Uh, Mary Magdalene, what about her? Hmm. Uh, aren't we told in the Bible that she had spirits yeah. uh, and came to Jesus, got healed? Here's the deal. We still serve the same God of the Bible. Right. Uh, the same demons that were in the Bible are still active today. Look at this transgender movement. Who do you think's blinding everybody's right. eyes? I mean, this is crazy. If we ever needed a church with power over spirits, it's today. We need that church. L let me ask all you guys this at this table, and then we can segue into this. In your life, are you when things are going well and everything's more comfortable, are you settled in in that? Or are you more settled in in the fact like when things are just not like always going perfect? Do you know, does, that, does that make sense? Like, like I know for me, like when um, when everything's perfect and I'm comfortable, I start getting worried. Mm -hmm. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like it's like all of a sudden I'm like, like this isn't right. Something's like, coming. Something's coming, and I start. That's when I start praying. Like yeah. God, like nothing's <laughs> meant to be this good. Like we shouldn't, you know, not yeah. not that there shouldn't be always this peace that comes upon us. But I'm like. When things get super comfortable and I get really set in my lifestyle and I'm like, oh, things are going great. I'm like, I got lulled to sleep. I, I'm like, something's mm -hmm. just not right. Something's off. Something right. I, I need to be. Because, again, with Jesus, that when you were talking about that, describing that, I, I imagine Jesus asleep on the boat in the storm. Like, uh, we, we can be restful or at least have a peace about us in chaos. But, yeah, when everything is kind of, like, smooth, there's no issues, <laughs> you do kind of look around suspicious of of what is um pastor you had mentioned um something about a that gal that was a pillar in the church you said that she was possessed um and i think for like the listeners out there and they're you know contemplating their life or maybe their loved ones how can you tell i mean because there is a difference between being oppressed and being and possessed and possessed and also the scripture very often says they had a unclean spirit uh, it does also say in the Greek, possessed a couple times, too, or more than that. I don't haven't counted it. But, uh, well, this lady came to me. She was an elderly lady, and she's of Hispanic origin. 
Her mother, her mother was in witchcraft, everything. Long story short, I thought she was oppressed. When you're oppressed, it means the demons or unclean spirits are affecting you from the outside. When you're possessed or you have an unclean spirit, it means they're on the inside. Mm -hmm. A lot of the symptoms are the same. I thought she was just being oppressed. So I was praying for her one day in our storefront when we were in that building. And I said, I just take authority over spirits. Da, da, da. All of a sudden, she, her face contorted. And she went flying back out of the chair. And I realized the spirit was not outside. It was inside. And again, if you come to VBF, like I say, you could come for months and not even really know. We're not this radical, crazy, demon-obsessed church. Right. Uh, but there are times during the years where people will come up and we feel they possibly have an unclean spirit and we'll pray for them and they start screaming and yelling. Every every uh, characteristic that you see in the Bible, I mean, they're, they're all there. And we'll take them to the back room real quick. We don't make a show out of it, anything. Right. And we've had so many people set free in our church, so many set free that have come and, and we've we've used our spiritual authority in prayer. And I've had something happen now for about 20 years, and I'm very careful with this. A lot of these televangelists on TV, I've said before, they're phony as a $3 bill. Um, You see them laying hands on people's heads and knocking them over and pushing them over. And I just don't have any desire for that. But I have noticed that very often, and it, it, it stands to reason, that the devil will mimic a lot of stuff that's real. And he mimics it to make it look fake. So when the real thing comes, it'll be looked on with suspicion. Mm. Uh, I used to watch these guys on TV knocking people over. And I go, I don't even know what that is. And I don't want it, whatever it is. I don't need it. Uh, But one time we went to the mountains, several of us pastors, and prayed and listened to worship music and just just, uh, totally threw ourselves into the spirit for three days, came back. A lady doctor in our church called prayer. And I went to lay hands on her. She fell over, just crumpled. And I thought, what was that? I've noticed lately, in the last few years, that when somebody comes in from the world, and I can really sense they're probably really demonized. When I say demonized, they could have a spirit. They could be oppressed by a spirit. It could be any number of things. But but they're really, you can tell, and you can just discern it. Very often when I go to touch them at all, they go flying over, they crumple, they fall on the ground, they fall into chairs. And I've always wondered what that was. It doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes it does. And I felt like possibly that God has given me a revelation that when we pray over them with authority, that's demonic spirits releasing them all of a sudden. And when they release their hold, they fall over. They, mm. they, they're jolted by it. I don't know. That's just a theory. All I know is the lifestyle I have learned from God is something that I never want to get away from. It is the most exciting adventure, and it's one of the most power-packed lifestyles you could live. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I've lived it for 50 years. I will not stop living it. And so uh, here's the problem. A lot of Christians out there go, well, you know what? I've never seen any effects of the Spirit, although Paul said in Ephesians 6.12, your battle's not against flesh and blood. It's against spirits. He said it very plainly. He wanted us to know that. Mm -hmm. But what it is, see, in the Old Testament, there were demons, there were spirits, but you didn't see them manifested much. When Jesus came, they confronted them. Once they were confronted, all hell broke loose. And for the, 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 the average Christian, you're, you're, not, you're not setting into their territory. 
Most Christians are not aggressively pursuing the kingdom. They're not going to bother you. They've got you right where they want you. You're not going to see anything. I have went into that kingdom and come back and went, oh, my goodness. See, let's go back some second. Let me ask you a question. Do you think the apostles in the Bible believed in ghosts? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, you have a scripture based on Jesus it. Was, was a ghost. A ghost. Yeah. Do you believe they believed that other believers have guardian angels? Mm-hmm. What they say about Peter when he's knocked the door? Oh, oh it's right. just his angel. Yeah. Yeah, it's just his angel. We have so Americanized Christianity. We have lost. We have lost the whole power and the whole identity of what it is to be a child of the Lord, mm. joint heirs with Jesus. Uh, didn't Jesus say, the very things you've seen me do, you will do also? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He and even said greater things. Greater things. Yeah. Because um, I go to the Father. I got so much to I'm, say. I, I'm hogging no. up the time, and I don't <laughs> like that when I do that. So I do have a question, um, okay. and and this could be for everybody um, to chime in on, um, you know. Cause so so I you know I, I do the best that I can in being a father, and I've got a boy, and he is wild. Boys are wild, and then I have conversations with parents or so girls, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and I mean, I've talked to parents who describe you know certain characteristics of their boys, or or maybe just their children in general. How would you guys suggest praying for somebody um, or, or, or praying or guiding somebody who is, you know, worried about their child, whether their child is 10 years old or whether their child is 20 something years old? You know, at what point, what do you have to see or what do they have to describe before you start taking authority and, and it's not just hormones. It's not just, you know, they're growing up and so they have temper tantrums or whatever. At what point? do you start taking authority over possible oppression or possession of a demon? That's a great question. It's a very delicate question. I tell our young pastors all the time, because people in our church over the years, they bring kids and they say, I think they're possessed or I have a spirit or something, da, 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 da. And never do you want to, in a small child, put those kind of thoughts in their mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't do what I did with Josh, but he turned out okay. Um, <laughs> He's okay. That was before I had the wisdom I have today. But for example, if I had, let's say, a son your age, I'd probably hold him in prayer when I prayed during the day, or I'd get together with him and lay hands, or I'd, I'd just pray with him and I'd say, Father God, in Jesus' name, this is your child. Continue to have angels with him. And Lord, any kind of forces that would come against God, we take authority over the, I would never mention demons. I would never use devils. I'd never use those names. And then just slowly as they get older, groom them into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's so many ways you can pray for the power of God and the protection of God. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to address them because, see, the Bible teaches, too, that we have hedges built around us, protecting hedges. Yeah. And God's protecting our kids. So I, I would I would pray when they're not there. I Well, I do it. I've done it for 50 years. Right. I take authority over spirits every day over each kid and grandkid mm-hmm. by name, mm-hmm. by name. I actually pray, and you can say whatever, say, show me scriptural evidence. Well, I do pray that guardian angels will be in the room of every grandchild every night. Mm -hmm. They will be in the room Mm -hmm. and they'll protect them. 
Uh, now, again, I, I'm just giving food, ammo for some of those trolls out there. Um, see, again, I believe that my God can do anything he wants at any time he wants. Nothing is impossible with my God. Mm-hmm. And so I pray for divine protection. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give some some ammunition for some trolls because what I do with my kids is, you know, because I grew up Catholic, so you're baptized as a baby. It's not necessarily your own decision. So when I got to be 19, I felt like God was telling me to get baptized. And, and, and so what I do with my kids until they have, you know, truthfully on their own, believed in their heart, confessed with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, um, until they have received the spirit, the Holy Spirit on their own, them saying, I'm praying God seal them now. I've been praying it since they were babies before they could ever talk. God put, put the spirit. If that's possible, I don't know what the Bible necessarily clarifies is how to receive it as a baby, but father, you know, put the spirit within them now or seal them now or put the spirit over them because these are my, these are my, this is the, this is the only chance I get with them. I'm not going to try to risk it for, you know, God one day when they say it down the, down the line and just, you know, cross my fingers until, until then. But just to say, God, you take care of them. And and to you, what you've said, pastor about putting angels, I'm praying two angels in their room every night, um, um, protecting them, you know, guiding them. I don't know where that is scripturally, but I don't want to take the chance. That's how I see it. Well, so, you know what? I, okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Josh. That's right. Um, I was just going to say, I've been quiet this whole time, um, and it's because I'm listening to what you guys are saying, and I'm also in a state right now where I'm relooking at everything. And so some people, I think when they hear me say these things, um, they think that I'm just unsure of what I've studied and what I've read and, and what I believe. That's not the case. I have been taught um, to go back and relook at scripture and be in a constant learning mode. And so I'm in a place where um, if if God reveals to me through his, his word uh, and um, I learn something new, that I'm going to change my views and my opinions to match up with that, mm-hmm. right? And I'm in a constant state of that. So like all the time. So in the future... I can be corrected and I can change my views. Right now, um, I'm looking at things probably because I'm in school, uh, but I'm looking at things from a very practical side. And I think that there's a very practical side to the spiritual. Um, I'll give you an example. I um, have been watching these shows of real crimes caught on tape recently, right? Yeah. I love watching these shows because I'm like, what's well, going to happen, you know? And um, and one of the shows I've been watching recently is a, is a show called Road Rage. So specifically, people are driving and they, they just lose their mind, right? And they do incredibly stupid things. One of the things that, that I just recently watched was an elderly man and a young man got in a little fender bender on the freeway. They pull over. They have some words. Somehow it ends up with the older man or the younger man leaving the scene. And the older man jumps on top of the hood mm-hmm. and he hangs mm-hmm. on. <laughs> and the younger man guns it down the freeway and, As he would do. and, and, and yeah. starts breaking and accelerating <laughs> and breaking. And this old man will not let go. These wow. are real. <laughs> and this is this guy's going like 90 miles an hour. And they catch this. People are filming it with their phones. Wow. No and 
the guy they end up stopping this guy the other other people on the road end up stopping this this young man with this old man still clinging <laughs> to the hood and they stopped completely and he still won't let go he still won't let go because he's in shock because maybe his yeah, hands sure. are and so what's the long survival yeah okay. survival so the the what's my point in all this yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my point in all this is that um Temporarily, people lose their minds and they lose control of themselves. Okay, hmm. Paul teaches us to be uh, to have self control. Yes. Yeah, one of the fruits of the spirit. And um, I've been studying recently uh, the Canaanite god Baal, and and I and I uh, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. Yes. There's different ways to pronounce it. We were talking about uh, Baal. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was like Baal. Is that a good way to do it? But uh, so so Baal is B A A L is the Canaanite god, and it's he's it's the god of fertility. And um, when I looked up the 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 Hebrew uh, definition of that god's name, you know what it means? It's really interesting. It means possessor owner mm. right right and and i think about people that are in a moment of rage mm-hmm. and i think about how they're owned mm-hmm. by their rage in that moment mm-hmm. right you think about people that are in uh in uh a spirit of lust mm-hmm. or they're in a spirit of greed or a spirit of anger or whatever it might be for that moment they are possessed they are owned by that spirit yeah now are there demonic influences behind that and that's right. the question i'm asking myself self right now and i think that what happens in a lot of our lives i think there's another category i think there's there's oppression there's possession and i think it can be temporary as well i think there's a third and that's total ownership where you see the guy on the side of the street that's just growling at people as they as they drive by right, right? Mm-hmm. um but i think that there's a a point where we temporarily give ourselves over to a different spirit mm-hmm. and and that that could be anger, that could be lust, that could be different things right. where we are not in control. And when you look at the Baal, uh, Baal, uh, who was a satanic, uh, right. uh, satanic influenced God, right? Mm. Um, it's all about control. That's what that's what the devil wants. That's what demons want. They want control of us. And I think that when we let go of our self control, right? When we say I'm not going to fight for my to 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 be in control of myself anymore. Mm. I'm going to stop. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to step out. I'm going to allow myself to step out of the driver's seat. It's like driving down the freeway and, 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 and you're the only person in the car and you just decide, I'm just going to, I'm just going to um, get over into the passenger seat right now. Mm-hmm. See what happens. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Obviously it would be disaster. And what's terrible and what's interesting is how many people end up ruining their entire lives, whether it's injury, whether it's death, whether it's other people's death, whether it's a uh, mm-hmm. life uh, in uh, in in being incarcerated, whether it's just a ruin a ruining of a relationship or whatever it might be, because they they let go, mm-hmm. they let go, and and the opposite I think of of uh, of being possessed in the moment is to be fully in control by trusting God, yeah. and and I think that that's a practice. But even though God would say, hey, I want you to follow me, it's a choice. It's a daily choice. It's like you said, there's a difference between a servant and a bond servant. Yes. A servant is someone who is forced to be enslaved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a slave is, you know, is a slave. But there are people who were freed Doulos from is the word, slavery, word. right? And that's what the gospel is to me. It's a yeah. freedom from this slavery to yourself, mm-hmm. to the sin, to the demon, demon possession, whatever it might be, right? 
And it's saying, I'm not going to go down that path. Instead, I am going to choose to give my life over to God and, and to follow him. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's an ever what's interesting is he never he never enslaves us though. He never right. enslaves us. If he did, it would be easier. Mm-hmm. It would be easier. Right. Right? But he doesn't. He's the he's the he's the one that says, Hey, follow me. I'm not gonna enslave you. I'm gonna allow you yes. to be with me. I'm gonna yes. allow you to follow me. And that's a completely different mindset. It's a completely different discipline. Doulos is is the word that's you're so talking about, bond servant. And it's where we willingly give ourselves up to be a slave mm-hmm. because he's got the best life. It would be example, a good example would be in the Bible, you know, you're a slave, your jubilee comes and you're set free from slavery. And you go, no, I can be set free, but out in the world, I could never get the house that you've allowed me to live in, master, and the job you give me, master, and the food you've given me, master, you're so good to me as a slave. Why would I want to be set free? That's where the doulos word came into effect. And if he refused his freedom, they'd take him to a doorpost. They'd take a little uh, 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 and puncture his ear, and they'd put an earring in his ear that would say the slave of Simon or whatever. In other words, he had chosen, I'd rather be with you and be your slave than I would to have my freedom. But Josh, I was laughing this is crazy. The illustration you used about the guy in the hood of the car mm-hmm. at the marriage conference this past week. I use that very illustration. <laughs> People are going to think that I made it up from what you said. Uh, but, <laughs> but your mother, you know, I was always leaving your mother. You're the guy in the hood of the car. Weren't I you? was the guy in the hood of the car. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I kept leaving her. I'd leave mm-hmm. your mother probably ever six months for the first three or four years of marriage. <laughs> and every time I would leave, I'd, I'd take more stuff with me to show her I was really serious. Hmm. Last time I took my stereo, she really knew I was leaving. <laughs> and so anyway, I would do that. And one day she just kind of reversed things on me. She said, I'm leaving you. She went out to the car. I'm through. I'm leaving you. And she jumped in the car. And I said, no, you're not. You're not leaving me. You're not leaving me. We were wild. We were crazy. We, were, we got married at 18. <laughs> and I, I run out to the car and she locked all the doors real quick, started the car up. I jumped on the hood and grabbed a hold of the windshield wipers. She took off down the road. Neighbors heard all the commotion, came out. She circled our neighbor about four times. She would go 20, 30, and then throw on the brakes and try oh, to throw wow. me off. But wow. I was hanging on to windshield wipers. Wow. So you know how that so feels. I know yeah. how it feels. <laughs> yeah. uh, but going back, I never, we never did answer Tom's question. I want to answer it. Tom, in the, in the traditional church, we've always had a phrase called the age of accountability. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, kids are innocent uh, until they come to the age of accountability. That's where they get a chance to make their own decision to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like what it says in, in, uh, uh, in the Bible, uh, in Romans 5.13, I'm looking for the New American Standard Version, but it says in the, in the uh, uh, where's the New American Standard Version I want? Uh, oh, man, I passed it up. Josh has me bothered, so I'm waiting to come back to what Josh said. Okay, but let let me finish. (laughs) Let's fully answer Tom's question. It says uh, in in ASB 1977, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Hmm. See, now, for example, uh, when the Lord returns at the end of the age. What scripture was that again? I'm sorry. uh, It's Romans 5.14. Okay. So kids can't understand the law. And so therefore, 
no sin is imputed. Um, see, we were born, we understand this, we were born with sin, the sin nature. So we're all born with the sin nature. But until we actually sin, it cannot be imputed against us. To sin, you have to have the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. So that means that people that are mentally handicapped, when they die, they're automatically going to go to heaven because sin's not imputed. Although they have the sin nature, mm-hmm. sin's not imputed, and they will in the process be born again. So that's where the age of accountability, age of accountability comes, comes in. Comes so they're covered, and uh, we don't have to worry about it. You know, uh, that's interesting. Okay. Uh, sorry. We, no, no, it's, no, no, you, go, you ahead, go, go on. on that. I've got so much to talk about, I can go forever. Well, it's interesting because it brings up uh, this movie I just recently watched about a story that I was following um, a few years ago about a young man named John Allen Chow, who was a missionary. He was 26 years old, and he went to uh, India, and he hired a boat uh, and illegally uh, sailed to the shore of an island that was forbidden to go to where native natives lived, uh, and they had lived for who knows how long. Um, natives, what I mean by that is people who still, uh, hunter-gatherers who still... Uh, they live know, tribal still. Live tribal. Yeah. They don't have uh, any contact with the outside world. Um, this is in uh, an island called North Sentinel Island. And so this guy, um, he went to uh, to share Christ with them. And um, and he went, and the story is uh, that he was killed, uh, although they never retrieved the body. So... Uh, and the guys that told the authorities that he that they saw him being killed were, were the guys he hired to take him there. So that's interesting. So who knows what really happened to him? But um, but the idea, the, this whole thing spurned a, a ton of debate online. And you know, a lot of people said this guy's so selfish. Why would he go there and mm-hmm. spread disease? And they don't want him there. And then other Christians are like, but he did what God called him to do. Right. And you know, he's a hero. He's a martyr. He's you know, it was all these things. And I was thinking, just I'm glad that you shared that scripture um, because it makes me wonder about people like that. And um, I don't know. I don't know what I think about the story because you know they don't know about Jesus, or maybe they do. Maybe they have their own uh, their own uh, you know different version of it. And I, I know it sounds unbiblical, but but <laughs> God can reveal Himself to people. Um, right? He's God, right? And so uh, you know, it just makes me wonder, like like with all of this said and done, like uh, to kind of draw this back to the idea of spirits and, and all this stuff, what is our, what is our job? What is our goal, um, in life? Um, and I'm going back and I'm looking right now, I'm looking at it, what does evangelism mean? You know, what does it mean to Jesus said specifically, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? Well, if they don't want to be baptized, if they don't want to know about Jesus, then what do you do? You move on to the next person who wants to know, right? God has to open the hearts. And so, um, you know, what is our job? And I think that's one of the things that we need to know in order to be able to fight spiritually, because if we don't know what our job is, we don't know what the, we don't know what uh, other spiritual forces are coming against us with. Like, we don't know how they're trying to attack us. We don't know where they're coming from. Hmm. Like they're going to, and one of the biggest things that I believe the devil and demons try to do is distract us from doing our yes. job, distract yes. us from our calling. Distract they're they're us behind from disunity in the church. Right. Uh, the new Testament even talks about, 
the doctrines of demons. They're into doctrinal truths. Mm. And, and they're distorting those doctrines to cause division and to cause legalism. If you look at the context where that's talked about, I think, in Timothy. But multiple personality disorders, have you heard about those in college? Mm-hmm. They talk about them. Now, uh, obviously, I believe, again, there's a lot of reasons for a multiple personality disorder. It can be physical. It can be something's broken in your brain. It can be chemical. It's a very intriguing or subject. Or it could be a demon. It could be one of the three. Uh, so I think that many of these serial killers, a voice was telling me to kill somebody. We automatically put them in a category and say, okay, you know, they need uh, mental counseling. And a lot of them do. But there's always, again, that allowance that just possibly there is an unclean spirit in them mm-hmm. telling them to kill people. It's very interesting because, like, uh, people with uh, multiple personality they can have one personality that's really childlike and, 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 and not very smart, and then they can have another personality that's brilliant, you know? And that's, that's, it's really interesting when you think about it from a scientific perspective. Uh, they don't know. They don't know how. In deliverances, I have yeah. found out What's going on? by experience that some demons are almost illiterate, hmm. and others are very intelligent. And uh, when, when you get into spirit guides, that's pretty popular in the world, um, you know, one guy, I wish I could, I'm have to go back and brief myself on all this, but one guy wrote a medical journal, a thick one, and he wrote it through his spirit guide. This guy, as far as I know, is uneducated. He could have never done this. He wrote a very, very intelligent, uh, intellectual medical journal by using a spirit guide. Hmm. Now, Josh, I don't know, you might have been with us, uh, we, we experiment a lot. I, I love living for Christ. I love the excitement of living with Jesus. But one day we heard that a uh, channeler, a guy that was channeling spirits, was going to come to BC and channel for the whole group. So we had an idea. We're going to go up and take 30 Christians or 20. We're going to sit outside and pray against this guy while he's channeling. Because if you've ever seen a channeler operate, some of them will come up and they'll, okay, right now I'm calling for my spirit guide. I'm calling for him, calling for him. Spirit guide, come, come, come. And then he'll start talking through the spirit. The spirit guide will start talking through him. Wow. And it's called channeling. Look it up. I don't know if they're still doing channeling or not. It was a big thing years ago. People would pay a lot of money to get tickets to see somebody channel spirit guides. Well, long story short, we were out there praying against demons and spirits and taking authority. And then we sent somebody in to set in the class. They said, this guy come out and he couldn't connect with his spirit guide. He couldn't connect with it. They, the whole class was a total failure. He could not connect with his spirit guide. He was frustrated. He was trying. He couldn't. And I believe it had a lot to do with us right outside the room praying. So this, 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 I mean, really, now this is going to sound crazy. But if I could get uh, a couple people with me that are spirit-filled, and if we could get into some of the mental institutions today, there would be a percentage that we could bring out totally well by using our spiritual authority and delivering them from whatever spirit they have. Not the majority. I'm saying there would be some. Mm -hmm. Again, there's a lot of reasons for people's mental illness. That's the problem with Christianity. We start trying to put everything under one category. Uh, It's just part of the puzzle. Not the majority, not all of it. Uh, But as Christians, there's no need to fear. As we continue to serve God and be disciples, they can't touch us. And I have so much more to say. This... 
this podcast is definitely going. I have, week uh, or two. I do have a simple belief in it all, and I think that um, for those of you that are that are kind of more doubters uh, that have a hard time of going um, as far, maybe as my dad goes, um, I believe, and and this is uh, this is in science books as well as religious books, but I believe that there is a mental side to us, and there's mm-hmm. a physical side to us, yep. and there's a spiritual side yep, to you us. Got it. And those are distinct. Uh, distinct um, factors right. in, in, in distinct uh, uh, parts of us, right. but they're also intermingled, and they always inter- intermingled since the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And when you uh, to to simplify the spiritual side, um, you know, I think that there's a spiritual side to myself that my dog doesn't have, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like he doesn't sit around and ponder life. He doesn't sit around and think about the eternal. He doesn't see, sit there and, and and in Ecclesiastes it says that the writer who think is Solomon, he said that God put eternity in man's heart, right? Like he didn't put it in dogs' hearts. He didn't put yes. it in in fish's hearts. He didn't. Put, yes. He put it in ours. And we think about these things and we have a spiritual side to us. And, you know, when you, uh, whether you believe in God or not, uh, has anything unexplainable ever happened to you? Have you ever felt a certain way around um, a certain person or around a certain place, right? Um, There is a spiritual side and people are starting to understand that and believe in that. And they're starting to understand and believe in realms as well. I've got to expound on that right now. I've done this for years. Somebody comes, I got a problem. Okay. I suggest... You go to a medical doctor to get checked on that side. Go, you can go to the medical doctor, you can go to the psychiatrist, and you can come to the pastor. We all have different duties. Mm-hmm. Mm. My job is to take care of the spiritual. If, if, if it's not a spiritual problem, then go to a medical doctor. If it's physical, if he can't do it, he'll send you to the psychiatrist or psychologist. So really, you could get kind of a, a, a triple thing here. You got the medical doctor who takes care of the physical and the chemical, and you got the psychiatrist who takes care of the emotional and uh, all that. And you got the pastor who takes care of the spiritual side. Right. It can be one of the three. It can be a mixture of the three. And it's hard to distinguish one from the it, other. It's sometimes. very hard, very hard. Yeah. You have to pray. And so I think we're very, very uh, uh, balanced in that that respect. I hope so. So did you yeah. look up, Tom? Uh, are people still channeling? They today? are. There's YouTube channels now. Wow. Um, for that, that teach you like for beginners and it's stuff. How and to then, channel your how, spirit. How to do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. On, on how to do it. Yes. And you then sure there's also websites. Channel on how to make a YouTube channel. No. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Was, how it, do you think this this uneducated guy wrote this wonderful uh, medical manual? Mm-hmm. He didn't have the education, and he said he did it through his spirit guide. Yeah, yeah. wow. And it's something because these spirits have been around for generations. Mm. Yeah, and there's a whole bunch of websites so. of people of people teaching you how to do it. Is there not a market for this? Even and that's probably really a bad way to put it. Is there not an interest? There is an interest. Look at look yeah. at the Walking Dead. Yeah. Right, coast to coast. How popular is that radio program? Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, it, I listened to one broadcast some time back, and I was infatuated about people who were having out-of-body experiences. If you legitimately and, had zero belief in spirits or ghosts, then a scary movie with spirits or ghosts in it would not bother you at all. Right. Right. And some people it doesn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I live in that world. See, again— And with overexposure with this guy, it doesn't bother me either. <laughs> we, we, they were we, in my room as a kid. So. We live in a spiritual world, <laughs> and there's all kinds of beings and spirits out there that we don't see intermingling with us today. And anyway, we've got to go on. 
Uh, we're, we're getting close on time. Uh, do we have two minutes? Two well, minutes. What were you? Okay, uh, yeah, because it's going to bother me. No, because it's part of this podcast. Yeah, no, right. It's not a beef. I just feel like I just want to get clarification for everybody. So you, so in Matthew eight twenty eight, and I'm just going to pull the verse out for you guys, and you can look this up. You talked about, um, you know, part of that possession has to do with us being out of control, right? And so you, you just said it's like this control factor. It's part of it. Well, I didn't. What I mean is, and it's it's more coming from a, a place of wonder, right? Like I wonder if um, that's how it happens. Got we it. just let go of 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 taking control of our lives, and then. So in Matthew eight twenty eight, there's a there's a demon possessed guy. Jesus comes across as he was violent. So kind of what you've experienced, he's out of out of his mind. They were kind of afraid to go near him. Um, and that's this story is famous when we talk about demons because in this story, Jesus has to cast the demons out of this right. guy and send them out to the to the pigs on the side of the hill. Sure, I think there is a point in a lot of people's lives where they think they can get over their own thing. Does that make sense? Like the thing they're going through, whether it's rage or gel, whatever the sure. thing is they, they, it, that's they possessed them, right. they can handle it. And I do think there are times, and this is the part where I think people need to wake up, where that spiritual side, like you said, there's three parts mm-hmm. of us, where you there's nothing else you can do but send that demon to the side of the hill on the pigs. You know, mm-hmm. what you know, what wherever you land on what you believe in that story, whether you're well, Christian or not Christian, right? I do think there's a place where you have to come in and say, This is beyond me and it's bigger than me. Right. And I need to cast these demons into the side and, of the hill. And my mind, in my mind, this right. is how I think of those things. I think that happened a certain way, but we don't know exactly how it happened. Sure. We weren't there. Right. Uh, but we might have a visual that's more based on uh, how we've been taught, what we've seen, our experiences. Right. Um, of how that happened. Right. So when we think of Jesus casting, in my mind, this is how it goes. Okay. Uh, the guy's there, he's acting crazy. Right. And Jesus puts his hand on the guy's head. This is what I see him the doing. The demons do talk back to him in this okay, particular passage. Let's just say he puts okay. his hand on his head and right. he says, go over to the to the the animals and then it just like a like a like a light because I have like this cartoon mind a light just goes over and then they just the 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 you know pigs. the the pigs are sitting there they're eating they're doing their pig thing and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden they look up <laughs> and they right and they're they have red glowing eyes and then they run off a cliff sure so like that's you know you have this like cartoonish cartoon kind of, mind that's how I, got I think right right but then I start thinking from the practical side that we don't know how long this interaction yeah. actually took we have bits sure. and pieces of it from uh, this the the writings, gospel right. We don't know how long this took, you know, and we don't know exactly if Jesus sat down with this guy, if he had, if he had, if he had inter- interactions with him before that. We don't know. Like, well, you know, cr- let's correct the address. You said Matthew twenty-eight. I said Matthew eight twenty-eight. Okay, I thought you said eight twenty-eight. I wanted to prove Matthew eight twenty-eight. That was well, a great commission. Uh, you know what, Josh? You, you, I've been teaching people. You read the scripture, study it, then you step back and frame it, look at the spirit. And so that's what you're saying. The way you don't they, see all the details. The way the Gospels were written is they it's they were written in a time, very a very specific time for a very specific audience. And so that language would have really reached that audience. And that audience, as we know, was different than us. You right. know? Um, and so when we have these different translations, sometimes that helps. Sometimes it right. hurts us right. and it makes it even harder to understand. But we really don't know how it happened. But it, the, the point still remains that, yes, sometimes you need help. Right. And sometimes you need help from a godly person. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. you need help from somebody who has the wisdom, who's been through, who understands. And that might be um, uh, multiple uh, meetings at a coffee shop and followed by some prayer. Or it might be the hand on the head and the violent prayer. I don't know. It depends on what it takes. Right. right? And so 
Um, we just don't know exactly what it looks like in those in each and every situation. And so I'm like looking at everything from a very um I, I'm I'm trying to look at things, yeah. understanding that I have a certain set of of of, of experiences myself, mm-hmm. and that there's a lot of things that that exist outside of that. Well, there are people there. Are, there are Christians and big couple ministers that don't like me at all, and they want me to discount fifty years of dozens and dozens and dozens of experiences through deliverance, seeing people set free, totally free. Right. We've seen people go from this this mental case angry mental case into being pastors after they were delivered and set and, free. And the woman you were speaking of at the beginning, I know who you're talking about. Right, right. She became a pillar in the a church. A pillar in the church. And she was somebody who had a ton of wisdom who you would yes. go to and and and, and pray and, and, and ask she was once you would possessed. want her to pray for you. She's a very godly woman. Like and Mary Magdalene. She once had demons. It wasn't a one-off no. moment. Oh, so I had to work with her a whole year changed. after yeah. after taken authority over these spirits who had been torturing her. It's the same, it took me a whole year to see healing in her life. It's right. the same idea. Tom and I were talking about the effectiveness of summer camps for youth before, right? And like, that's a good title. Uh, yeah. But uh, we were talking about how, and Tom said, man, I wish that he's like, for the money that we pay, these kids should have a guarantee to be saved, you yeah. know? And, uh, <laughs> oh man. And, but the truth is, 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 is camp would be uh, a, a planting of a seed, but then the seed has to germinate. Yeah. It has to take, take root. Yeah. It has to, be uh, watered it has to have the right environment like there's all these things that have to work but more than anything in 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 human form in human world the seed has to want to grow the seed has to want to become a plant i'm going to put these figures these numbers on the on the big screen again (laughs) i don't know down in the future if we took and i led one person to the lord and discipled them for a full year one year and then have that person go out and do the same, and I did the same. Uh, if I did that versus leading somebody to the Lord every single day of the rest of my life, the numbers of discipling will overcome those numbers of leading somebody to the Lord every single day of my life. And then we have real Christians. They're discipled ones. Mm-hmm. But let me repeat something that Jesus said that I, I really take to heart. In Luke eleven twenty, he said, But if I, with the finger of God, cast out demons then rest assured, the kingdom have, of God has come upon you. Because they were saying, well, he does this by the power of the devil. And the Lord says, you don't get it. Devil mm-hmm. isn't going to work in his own kingdom. So again, if I, with the finger of God, cast out demons, the kingdom of God has come upon you. It's with you. It's, it's, and I believe the very fact that we do this represents the fact the kingdom of God is with us. Yeah. And so you other trolls out there and and uh yes pharisee type christians that go you know more what you don't believe in than you do what you do believe in and so and and i i should be more sympathetic because you're my brothers in christ i guess and i should be more sympathetic (laughs) but this is my italian coming out mixed with the spirit but bottom line is while you come against everything we're doing we're going to continue to set people free in our county and they're going to come in droves and we're going to get bigger and bigger because they know it works And again, don't just have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Mm. Because the Lord says we're to turn away from those people, and it's the dynamite. So again, this conversation is ongoing, okay? And we will be back next week to continue to talk about this. So again, write us questions, write us comments. 
And uh, I don't know what else we want to say before we end this. There's a lot more, uh, but uh, due to time, we gotta we gotta wrap it up. But man, there's just so much so much more to talk about because this could lead into uh, temptation. It could lead yep. into sin. It could Everything. lead into you know how do you keep your life straight? How do you stay yeah. focused? You know, and 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 the devil's always working. He's he's he's. Uh, He's not a nine to five clock no. in, clock out. Mm-hmm. And he's also not always going to give you bad news. Sometimes like with Jesus, he's going to say, Hey, I can do something for you. You yep. know, and, and, and more times than not, that's the form yep. he comes in. And, and then you might to turn, tune into my sermon this Sunday, because I'm going to be talking, I'm going to, some of this is going to apply to my sermon. And uh, I preached it in Vegas two weeks ago and 35 people gave their lives to God. And so all I'm telling you is, the lifestyle that I have learned in 50 years with Jesus, I wouldn't trade for anything. I'm drinking from the water of the well. And so, again, I understand some of you out there say, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe that I've been taught that. I know this is kind of like a shock to your system. But just hang in there with us. Give us some consideration. Take it to the Lord in prayer. We're not, you know— well, we're not we're not I, I, yeah. we're not saying yeah. this is what we believe. You better believe the same. No, we're, saying, we're not. We're saying this is what we believe. This is why. Yes. And we're inviting you to uh, you know not join the conversation. You. Yeah, to join the conversation. Yeah. Yep. That's, so that's a good way to put it. we love you guys. Give us your questions and comments, and uh, uh, we'll talk to you next week with the same subject. Yep. Bless love you. you. See you guys.